This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I'm Janice Dean. I'm David Asman. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. I'm Eben Brown. Russia's so-called special military operation in Ukraine continues, and now the European Union hopes to deter Russia's Vladimir Putin by buying less of his oil. Will it work? Russia, next to the United States and Saudi Arabia, is the third largest supplier of oil uh, to the world. And simply just cutting off the oil exports, while that might seem like it helps quickly, there's a lot of officials concerned that actually could have the opposite effect. This is the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Russia has, for more than two months now, been attempting to conquer its neighbor, Ukraine. It has been a slowly moving endeavor and by many accounts nowhere near successful. And now there's talk of more pressure from the rest of the world, Europe specifically, in hopes of convincing Vladimir Putin, Russia's president, to stop it. How much would it hurt Russia's economy if all 27 member states of the European Union stop buying Russian energy? For a war in Ukraine that is potentially going to drag on for months, if not years, Taking billions out of Russian President Vladimir Putin's coffers is something that can't happen fast enough. Fox News correspondent Lucas Tomlinson brings us up to speed on what the European Commission is proposing in ending its use of Russian oil, how it could work or how it could fall short as a deterrent and what else Russia might be seeking to do. Lucas speaks to us from London. And this oil embargo that was proposed, note proposed by the European Union, by uh, its president, uh, the idea being to take billions from Putin. There's no guarantee, though. There's 27 member states in the European Union, and if any of them balked at this proposal to ban Russian oil, this whole thing falls apart. And already, within hours of the proposal, Hungary's foreign minister uh, took to social media to say there's no way that Hungary can support this because, quite simply, its economy would be destroyed. And about 25% of Russian oil goes to the European Union. But don't let that stat fool you because that's an average. And there's 27 countries in the European Union. You know, for some countries like France, who, you know, 80% of their electricity comes from nuclear power, uh, they're going to be on board with a, in an oil embargo. However, if you're a country like Estonia, where about 70% of your oil comes from Russia, or as we just heard from Hungary, where at least 40 percent of your oil comes from Russia, that's a big difference. And so this thing's going to be tough. Now, what the European Union is proposing is that this will be, you know, this will take some time to be enacted, you know, take months uh, to get off the oil just because officials don't want to see any price shocks. Now, 
Russia next to the United States and Saudi Arabia is the third largest supplier of oil uh, to the world. And simply just cutting off the oil exports, while that might seem like it helps quickly, there's a lot of officials concerned that actually could have the opposite effect. And that's what uh, we heard from uh, President Biden's Treasury Secretary. I, I do want to talk about that uh, opposite undesired effect. You mentioned the uh, uh, some of the 27 members of the EU not being able to really divorce itself from Russian oil. Uh, even if it could, uh, there are countries like China who probably would have no qualms about buying more Russian oil. Uh, and uh, And that's something that, again, I think plays into the idea that these sanctions might not be as effective as people might hope because russia still has a way of exporting oil does it not sure and evan is smart to bring up china what's very interesting about china when it comes to russian oil uh believe it or not there's just one pipeline that connects russia and china and only about 20 percent of russia's oil exports go to china and that pipeline is operating at max capacity right now so china is one of the is one of the rare examples where it's actually tapped out that that you know this won't really affect china and russia that much most of russian oil goes to the west and certainly when it comes to the you know european union and of course nothing would have happened without europe's largest economy support and that's germany and when the german foreign minister uh, and officials signaled they would support the embargo on on russia that's when you saw things take off in the big announcement today but certainly something that probably wouldn't be possible without german support and even germany who has been a big importer of russian oil has themselves managed to uh, wean themselves off uh, the Chinese model is, is one that people aren't as concerned about. However, this certainly is not just about the European Union and, and Russia. There are certainly other countries out there that it's it's very difficult for them to wean themselves off uh, Russian oil. But certainly China, that, that's one interesting thing diving into this story today, that, that there's only one pipeline that connects Russia and China, and that 20% of Russia's oil exports do go to China, and that pipeline is maxed out right now. Yeah, and it's totally speculative here, but the uh, you know China and Russia do have a land border. It's not uh, they're not separated by an ocean, uh, and mm-hmm. and the, the Chinese certainly know how to build things, and they could build another pipeline or whatnot. So again, all speculative, but China Russia must be looking at China, saying, "Hey, ready yourselves to buy more of our oil." One one would have to think so. Uh, I think the question of these uh, these sanctions may not have the punch that everyone would hope that they would have. But as you mentioned, they still uh, want to try. Um, there are still other concerns that the European Union has with regard to where Russia goes next. And I want to mention a name here, and I want you to explain this to everyone. Transdenistia, uh, or I might even be pronouncing that incorrectly because my, my Eastern European languages aren't the best. But... Uh, this is like a little bit of Russia that's not in Russia. It's in Moldova, or Moldova, rather, excuse me. And uh, this has now become a bit more of a focus in what the speculators are trying to think about what, what Russia might be after. That's right. And, and Transnistria is a separatist region in Moldova. So while Moldova, a landlocked country uh, that borders Ukraine, actually used to be part of Ukraine a long time ago, uh, this separatist region has Russian forces, not uh, not a, a lot, uh, just a few thousand. But there is concern that those Russian forces uh, could potentially launch another assault on Ukraine. And 
is certainly a concern because not far from Moldova is uh, Ukraine's third largest city, the port city of Odessa along the Black Sea. And one area that does not get uh, probably enough attention is Russia's ongoing embargo of trade. Uh, there's, you know, Russian warships have blocked and, you know, trapped Ukraine from selling its grains and where about 98% of its trade uh, goes, and that's to the sea. You've been hearing Fox News correspondent Lucas Tomlinson in London speaking to us about the latest developments in the Russia-Ukraine war and the European Union potential response of not buying Russian fuel. On the Fox News rundown, war on Ukraine. We'll have more straight ahead. Uh, There's something else. We we keep calling it Russia's war in Ukraine, war on Ukraine. Uh, If there's one word that Russia is not using, it's the word war. They still continue to refer to this as a special military operation with the the goal of supposedly liberating Ukraine from a neo-Nazi government. Uh, And uh, just the other day, the Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, had uh, insisted that uh, Vladimir Zelensky, the Ukrainian president, is... Uh, he himself is a neo-Nazi or has neo-Nazi ties. Of course, he is of Jewish descent. Uh, and this has ratcheted up a, uh, a war of words, really, between Russia and Israel. Uh, and the, the, the theme of Nazism, of course, this is the week that Israel marks its uh, national day, its, its founding. Uh, and that is a nation that was founded as a, as a response to a Nazi threat. Um, so uh, is, is Russia looking to become more and more aggressive towards other nations now at this point, do they see other nations as weak enough that they can begin to try to exert their muscle, either rhetorically or, or even more? Well, Evan, when you mentioned Russia not calling this a war, they also think they're winning. And there are a lot of people that support this war inside Russia. There's uh, certainly the, the Russian disinformation campaign is well documented. However, there are thousands, if not millions of Russians who actually support uh, this invasion, uh, you know, going back to the founding of the Soviet Union a hundred years ago, there are many Russians that think of Ukraine not as an independent country, but as Southwest Russia or just another extension of Russia, uh, not only just in terms of ethnicity, both Slavic nations, but just in terms of uh, their history. Um, it was Nikita Khrushchev who actually gave Crimea back to Ukraine, uh, Khrushchev being of Ukrainian descent himself. And uh, there's no question Vladimir Putin looks at some of these, uh, what he feels like are historical wrongs and wants to correct them. And it's one of the reasons uh, we're here. Of course, Joseph Stalin had a brutal campaign, uh, a famine that ensued in Ukraine based on uh, some questionable economic practices of collectivization. And, uh, you know, again, the, the, the bread basket of Europe uh, for people to go starving, it just shows how uh, really uh, just frankly messed up the the economic policies were uh, in in the 1930s. But uh, today, the Russians, there's no question they're they're not backing down. They might have lost the battle for Ukraine's capital uh, and have refit and rearmed. There's uh, British intelligence in the last 24 hours say. Uh, Russian forces have added over 20 of these battalion tactical groups into the Donbass uh, in eastern Ukraine. This is uh, their coal country. It's it's an area of, of course, of course a separatist region that the Russians have had been fighting over uh, for eight years. And even before the large scale invasion, some 14,000 Ukrainians had been killed in the fighting, um, both in eastern Ukraine and Crimea. I think one of the most uh, 
interesting uh, dilemmas right now is is what what are the goals here? You know, uh, Western officials, uh, top officials in Washington and the Pentagon are deferring to the Ukrainians. Uh, but here in the United Kingdom, the British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss, in a speech uh, just a few days ago, said the goal should be to kick Russia out of the whole of Ukraine. Now, that means Crimea. That means these separatist regions in eastern Ukraine and the Donbass. That is going well beyond what any U.S. officials have said publicly. There's no question uh, the United States wants to see Russia lose and Ukraine win. But the, the language, certainly out of the United Kingdom, uh, has been very strong and very absolute. All right. Lucas Tomlinson, Fox News correspondent, speaking to us from London. Thank you for being with us again on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine. Evan, thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts.